All right, so this particular podcast is for those of you who have perfectionist tendencies and that they are in some way holding you back from making the next move, pushing the needle just a little bit further into where you are ultimately desiring to go because you are feeling feelings that are saying things like you need to be more than you currently are. You need to have more information than you currently have. You don't have enough. It's not figured out. It's not going to be good enough. So this particular episode is my very first podcast episode and I'm going to share with you the process that I have gone through over the past one year to actually get this podcast off the ground. I'm going to share with you how on paper it would seem like I am exactly the type of person that would have no issue whatsoever producing a podcast like this. But there were deeper things going on that I had to really dive deep into to make this podcast actually happen, to make me feel like I could actually press upload, overcome my perfectionist tendencies and make it mother effing happen. Okay, so this is a bit about that. We're going to go deep into that this episode and let me just introduce myself. All right, beauty. So my name is Imani Nick, and this is the Imani Nick podcast. It is really that simple. I'm stepping up. I'm claiming the name, and I am just going to roll with this for now. I'm going to share with you that one of my biggest blocks or hurdles, if you will, of getting this podcast off the ground was naming it. I have had a really difficult time just landing on a name that really resonated and felt right within my body, but this podcast has come with a host of really deep introspection and opportunities to really deep dive into my limiting beliefs about myself and about um, where I'm going and about my work and a lot of really deep questioning on who am I? What is my message? What am I here to do? How am I, how I know that my work is to be a leader and to really step up and embody my role as a leader. But it, so this podcast really brought me up against that. And I'm going to share with you right now that even doing this podcast right now, this episode, I am just rolling with it. I am not going to go back and edit it. I am not going to re-record this. This is my promise to myself right now. I am just going to roll with this particular podcast and see what comes because this really truly is about me being a channel and transmitting my own unique genius that comes through and allowing the divine to just come through and do what the divine desires to do right through me. And so I'm just going to share that this name, the name block that came up for me had me deep diving into my own comfort with leadership. Okay. And I have a long kind of history in my life and in my business around uh, leadership and how I got to this point where I could fully step in and just be like, yep, it's Imani Nick. Everything is Imani Nick. My All my branding is just Imani Nick. It is, I am a brand. I am developing a brand and I have been for a long time in different areas of my life. 
And overall, it's like now all really coming together into this powerful, powerful place. And this platform, this podcast, right? It's like there was so much kind of condensed pressure. And this is what happens with perfectionism too. We create like a lot of pressure around this particular thing. And we can almost feel... If we allow it, you know, we can alchemize the perfectionism into like the pressure that would create a diamond, right? And that is something that's like, that's really beautiful, elevated way of thinking about perfectionism. But ultimately, perfectionism is incredibly selfish because what it does is that it keeps us from doing what we're here to do and from having the most impact because we're so concerned about not getting it right and that it's not actually about getting it right. You know, we, how many times and like in what areas of your life do you feel like you need to know more? You need to, you need to be different than you are in order to get started or you need, you're, you're, you're somehow not enough for what it is that you're wanting to do. I need more information or I need another this or another that, or, you know, a different song or a different this, right? Like we create all of these obstacles for ourselves to kind of, I feel to, to deep dive into these deeper aspects, more shadow aspects of our, um, of our personalities and of our, our wounding, right? We, we kind of create (laughs) the perfectionism is, is a, is a portal. Okay. Perfectionism is a portal to deeper self-understanding if we allow it to be right. So we have to first understand that, right. Perfectionism is selfish. It's selfish of me to not be doing the work and to not think that I'm good enough to come forth and do this work or that I need to know more. And I'm keeping someone from accessing something that could be so powerful for them, so impactful for them, right? Because we make it about ourselves and it's not about us. This podcast isn't necessarily about me. It's about reaching you. It's about, because I know the power, right, of hearing the most, like the perfect thing at the perfect time. I know how impactful that is. And there are moments where I'm just like, what could I put on right now and just hear the perfect thing at the perfect time? And, you know, I, I think that the name of the podcast really had me, um, stunting my development because I was like, okay, well, is that like, as if the name was really going to make a really massive difference, right? It's like, Uh, I don't know, weaving myself around that. But I will tell you, as I started to go and delve deep into this portal of like, what is my perfectionism? What is my block around this particular podcast? And it led me on a deep dive through my life and through my career. And I'm really going to share that with you today. And hopefully that you'll find some deep inspiration that you might need to tap into wherever you are creating your own blocks of perfectionism and how you can use these, um, how you can use your perfectionism as a portal to your own expansion and, um, and depth within your relationship and with yourself and go into some of your shadow a little bit. So after a while, I started to realize, actually, I will tell you the truth. This podcast has been in the works for a year. I recorded several podcasts about a year ago 
and I paid for everything. I had the, I have everything is up. All it needs to do is be uploaded and it's off to Spotify. That's how ready this podcast has been for the past one year. Um, and I recorded a few different episodes and I listened back recently to them because one of my clients is about to begin a podcast. And I was like, oh, here's some reference to some that I was creating. And I listened back to a few of them and I was like, what? This information is so potent. It is so powerful. How did I not, you know, how was I so selfish to not get this out sooner? to not share this? What were my insecurities? Like what was really going on there? And as I've taken more time to really sit with it, I've noticed for myself that there has been a really deep fear that I'm going to say something that is either wrong, incorrect in some way, factually incorrect in some way, or that I'm going to say something just like off the off the cuff in my transmission that the universe is going to hold me accountable for in some way. And this goes back to the beginning of my journey um, as an adult. So I'm going to take you to my life, age 18. But before we go right there, I'm going to take you back just a little further, like to the beginning of my life, so that you know a little bit about me. So I was born on the island of Oahu in Hawaii, and I lived a really quintessential kind of island girl life until I was 11 years old. Um, My parents were never married. I'm a total love child. Um, And my father was getting his PhD in soil science from University of Hawaii. And when he got his first job, I was eight years old, but this job was in Kenya, East Africa. So my father left to Kenya, and when I was 11, I went to Kenya for the first time by myself on an airplane (laughs) to go and visit him. And I didn't really realize it at the time, but this was like, that was the beginning of the end of my island girl life, right? I'm now, all of a sudden, I am in Kenya, East Africa, and my, I had the opportunity to live with either my mother or my father, and they kind of let me decide But I had this really strong, very powerful pull to Kenya. And I ended up living in Kenya overall for 18 years of my life. And when I was 18 years old, I had my son. So I was a very, very, very young mom. I had a very strong pull to be a mother at a very young age. And all of my peers were going off to, you know, Ivy League schools and off to do that whole, you know, um, that whole conventional path. And I was like, absolutely not. My life has never been conventional up until this point. And one of the ways that it wasn't conventional was that I really grew up a lot alone. My dad worked a lot. Obviously, my mom's in Hawaii. And so I had a lot of time by myself. And I was a very, like a seeking child. I was, I was always spiritually seeking when I was younger. And I was, my favorite book, (laughs) I was like a 13 year old, was like Conversations with God. And I had this other book that was like, um, all the religious texts. 
and they were all translated and it was just in one giant book. And I would, I remember just like reading it at night and like, you know, I was searching for God. I was searching for my spirituality. I was searching for, um, you know, who am I in this world? I'm also a, you know, Sagittarius sun, Sagittarius rising and a Gemini moon. So I'm like very philosophical and really wanting to like answer life's questions, these big questions. And then, you know, deeper down, I'm like this, um, really emotional feeler, right? So I'm really feeling and processing, um, you know, processing life as I'm experiencing it, but mostly alone. And I didn't have mentors at the time, um, and, and people guiding me really. And, and I was also very, um, you know, I, 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 I remember someone saying to me right now, uh, you know, that like I was difficult to guide, you know, for my parents to guide or for my father to guide me. Like I just, um, it was important for me to have my own path in this life. I came in, my soul was, was very serious about having my own path and making my own path in this life, in this particular life. And not, you know, being a soul rebel essentially is, was my soul life path. Anyway, so when I was 18, just after I had my son, and, and this, is, this goes into a really more depth, and I could share a lot more about, about this, but essentially, <clears throat> I have my son, and his father dies, okay? And this is, this is another deep um, part of my life, and like going through hardship really young and early on. And so here I am, 18, I'm a single mom, and, but I'm very grounded in it. Like my son is like, I'm like feeding him all organic food because rewind even a little further back. I started practicing yoga at age 13. Um, I discovered yoga on like a VHS tape. Okay. And I was really into yoga. This is before I knew anyone who ever practiced yoga. I had never heard of a yoga class. I had just had like a VHS <laughs> VCR literally in my bedroom, watching a yoga video every day before and practicing before I went to school. And then that was from age 13. And then I started to notice the mind body spirit connection within that because I started changing my diet. Like I stopped kind of eating with my father at that time. I wanted like really clean food and I wanted smoothies every morning for breakfast. And I just, I, I really started taking care of my, my, my body in a different way from a really young age than my peers were. Like I, I wouldn't eat the things, you know, sh like junk food and <laughs> things like this. And I started eating really like organic food and it was really important to me. And so I was really on the mom, natural body, natural birth, natural, like just being this embodiment of natural energy was very important to me, even at 18 years old. And so I had my son and I decided to go to college in the United States in Minneapolis. Um, I went to college there and I was studying audio production and recording. So this brings me to like one of the main reasons on paper you would look at my life and be like, it should be a no brainer for you to be able to produce a podcast real quick. You have a degree in audio production, right? Like it was the beginning of my, of my whole game. Right. And, um, and so around this time or just before this, just before I decide to delve into audio production, I am, um, at this cafe in Minneapolis and I'm watching this poet and her name is Desdemona rocks and I'm watching her and she's performing the spoken word poetry. 
and my jaw just drops and I'm so engaged and my soul is all of a sudden, like, or my emotions are like, the jealousy emotion starts really moving through my body. And jealousy is such a powerful emotion because really what it's showing you, it's like, it's like someone reflecting who you are inside that you haven't embodied yet. You haven't actualized yet. And so that jealousy is sort of like, um, an emotion that is, is leading you deeper home into yourself so that you can actualize and embody your full potential is how I've come to really start to, you know, understand jealousy. And so I just watched her poem. I felt all the feelings and I went home and I wrote my very first spoken word poetry piece. And I went back, I think it was either the next day or the next week. It was, it was very, very shortly afterwards to the next open mic, whenever that was. And I performed my very first spoken word poem and I got a standing ovation. So this was something that I was naturally really, really good at straight away. Like I was in my element on the stage. I was in my element writing, you know, impactful things. And this is another reason that one would think I would be great at creating a podcast and <laughs> right, like on paper is like, okay, boom, boom, you write, you create, you, you have the audio production background. And then I'll fast forward a little bit more in 2000. And so that was around 2001. Okay. So I had my child in 2000, 2001, I discover poetry. I start studying audio production. I get my degree in audio production. And in 2004, I go back to Kenya. Okay. So before that I had lived in Kenya for seven years, like from 11 until I was right. And then I, and then I moved to uh, Minneapolis to go to school. And then I moved back to Kenya. I feel the call to go back to Kenya. And so my son and I, Zion, he's so beautiful. Um, Zion and I go back to Kenya and we start just living real good. And I get a job as a radio presenter and I am a poet and at the time, poetry, spoken word poetry was not really a thing in Kenya. There was a poetry community that was um, like t reading poetry, you know, sharing poetry, reading, but through like opening a book and, you know, kind of like um, connecting in, you know, in the intimate ways, but through, through reading. And so the thing about captivating that's captivating about spoken word is that spoken word is poetry embodied. Like the poet is fully embodied in the words that they are saying and it causes an emotional response. It like it activates an emotional response in the person listening. So this is why like crowds of people can be like massively just moved in a moment and fixated on the spoken word artist, which is what I became to be was a a spoken word artist. And I had that, that captivating element that was able to really draw in. And this is where I started really kind of learning about energy too, and how we use word to draw people into our experience and how, if we're really tuned in and tapped in, like we can, we can just hold the vibrational frequency of the, of an entire room with like hundreds of people. And I, I just had many experiences over the years where I was performing and I, I, I was able to tap into that. And one of the things that I really learned through poetry, which brought me up against 
what I came to find um, reflecting recently on what my biggest blockage has been with this podcast has been, you know, what if I don't say something right? Like what if, what if I, if I, if I get it wrong and I've, I've put it out there, you know, because I've learned the power of word. I, 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 I learned how powerful words were like you can create so much with your words and you can build palaces and legacies. You can build temples with word. Like it is so sacred. And then you can just knock everything out with a word. You can, you can destroy everything with a word. You can say something wrong and it throws everything off you. You can just, you know, and so it made me kind of nervous to delve into a podcast because if I'm just, if I'm just speaking, if I'm just sharing, if I'm just opening myself up in this transmission and pressing record, like I could, I could channel something or say something or just like go off the cuff on something that is like, is that really true? And then, and then, and then have to like back that up and then not, you know, it just, it felt so vulnerable and exposed. And so for me, that's one of my, um, that's one of my blockages. And I was like, the only way out is through. And this is such a huge, huge thing that I really believe, um, in, in, in life in general, this is with our emotions, like all the work that I do with my clients and with myself is like the way out is through, you know, there's no, we cannot escape. We cannot like avoid, you know, it's not a strategy, right? Avoiding feelings, avoiding situations, avoiding people, avoiding our bank accounts, avoiding all of these different things. Like the, the, the extent that people go through to avoid feeling something is insane. It's, it's absolutely wild and crazy because it's a feeling. And, you know, my work, I really specialize in, you know, emotional embodiment, if you will. Most of my work that I do with my clients is, you know, transmuting emotion, transmuting pain into power, really honoring our emotions and, and learning and tapping into how our emotions truly are our superpower and just completely take us to the next level when we're tapped in and tuned in. I mean, the level of embodiment with emotions is just, it's a whole world. And it is a gift that I would love to give to everyone in my energetic space and in my energetic field, which is why it's important for me to birth this podcast through so that these transmissions can come through and reach more of who this work is meant to, to reach. Okay. So, all right, let me take a deep breath here and just tap back into where I was on the journey. So, um, so right. So I, I was in this poetic space for 12 years. I, I did a Ted talk on it. If you ever want to go and watch my Ted talk, it's Imani Wumera was my name at the time before I got married. I was Imani Wumera and you could go on there and you could see some of my work as a poet if you're ever interested in that. But it was before the days of like, you know, big social media. And anyway, I stayed in Kenya and I did that work, um, as a spoken word performing artist for about 12 years. So during this 12 year period of time, I was a mentor. And this is one of, this is when my journey with mentorship began. And I, I learned that even I was, I was a natural mentor. I just started mentoring young people straight away, um, on how to take their poems from the page to the stage, like how to write poetry that was helping them express and get out what was going on in their lives. So looking back on it and not really realizing it so much at the time, but it was healing work. So I've always been in the healing space. 
Um, and it was like helping people because expressing our emotions, expressing our feelings through poetry is, is so powerful, right? Like, wow, I look back and I'm, I'm saying this even right now and I'm getting chills because I was helping people at that, you know, early on when I'm like 19, 20 years old, tapping into their emotions, transmuting their pain into power by taking their words, putting them on a page and then embodying those words and then going to the stage and like, now other people can connect to them. And then the healing that happens, like the cellular healing that happens from being seen, from taking up space, from people relating and witnessing whatever it is. Maybe it's your pain. Maybe it's your passion. Maybe it's your dreams. Maybe it's your aspirations. Maybe it's just like you're, you know, you're, you're sick with the rhymes and you just got to get them out. Like there's so much beauty in that. And I realized looking at that now, I'm like, wow, it was healing. It was healing for, um, for the people that I was working with. And I worked with, with people from all walks of life. And when I tell you that, I mean it so deeply because my childhood, you know, the way I grew up was, you know, I mean, being, being from Hawaii and then moving to Africa and like being this, you know, white girl, um, having this experience and, and, and meeting all these people. And it's like, I'm it, the differences are very obvious, right? The socioeconomic differences between people, um, you know, the racial differences. I wasn't really tuned in and tapped into it so much, but I mean, I was aware of these differences and they, they made me feel like I really wanted to belong, right? Which is probably why I did so much soul searching. Like, I just want to feel that feeling of belonging. And, and, and connecting, like to feel connected to people. And so what happened really early for me was like, how do I create connection? Because I noticed that as different as people were culturally and all of this, essentially when you got deeper down, like we're all the same. And I saw that in a way I think beyond my years when I was younger, I really saw the similarities between people and I really wanted people to connect and to feel connected. And I wanted, you know, from people, some of the, the people that I was mentoring were like from some really tough streets, you know, I mean, I, I, I was even going into youth correctional facilities and working with, um, like young men in, in there that, that needed, um, you know, some kind of positive way to express themselves, you know? And so, um, when I tell you that all walks of life, I mean, people from the roughest streets in Nairobi, Kenya to like ambassadors, you know, uh, coming in and, and being in the same space and then witnessing them and, and clapping and having food and drinks and watching and everyone just celebrating together and everyone just, just elevating with our energy and just being different, but loving word and loving poetry and, and being seen and like encouraging each other. And that positivity was so that was so impactful for my life. And during that time, I recorded um, a few albums and I wrote a book of poetry as well. I had like the album and book that went together so you could listen to it and you could um, you could read it because there's such a difference between the written word and the spoken word. And I, it was so important for me that people understood that kind of the difference between written and spoken poetry. And um 
And so anyway, to not go too deep into that aspect, I think there was so much from there that would have made me think that I would be really, have a really easy time producing this podcast. So I thought it was going to just be like, go, go, go. But so much of the perfectionism started coming up. Like it needs to be something that it's not. I, I need more information. I need a new, I need a name. I need the intro that, that, that like tells people what they're, you know, what they're going to get. And I, it was all just, it was all just so much. And I felt like, no, in order for this to work <laughs> for me, um, I need to be able to just be who I am and just show up. And so this podcast is going to evolve. It's going to, it's going to, there's going to be really deep nuggets of wisdom that come through. You're going to get to know me. You're going to get to know my work. And it, it, there are going to be things that will, will just be exactly what you need to hear at the exact right time, because that's what it is. And I might interview someone at some time, or I might not, or I might, I might just like do episodes that are just poetry. I might come back to the poetry in this. I might go on a whole nother tangent. And I, I personally need that space because I am a multi, multi-passionate person. But when you get to know my multi-passionate um, like facets of this diamond, right, you'll see that they're all actually really cohesive. And my life journey has been about that discovery so far. Because in 2012, I decided... I was complete with poetry for a while. I felt like I was, I was good. It was, it was time to do something different. And I had moved to the U.S. in 2010, and I was ready to delve into something different. And and I felt called to create a yoga studio. Okay, and so I, um, I was living in this um, community in like near Tampa, Florida, uh, called Plant City that has a um, just had this cutest little spot. There was no yoga studio at the time. And I'm like, this community needs a yoga studio. And that kind of takes me back. I remember telling you that I was a yoga, really into yoga from age 13. So at this point, I had been practicing yoga for about 15 years. And I, some of my friends that I had even taught yoga to had like yoga studios and they were traveling, doing retreats and all of this. And I felt that familiar thing that I had back when it was Desdemona Rocks performing on that stage, that feeling of like that jealousy that comes up that I'm like, I'm supposed to be doing this. And so I listened to that. I became a certified yoga instructor. I then went and opened this yoga studio and began doing and leading and facilitating and designing yoga retreats. Uh, in different countries around the world. And um, it, it was just like, it was the next step. And so the thing about the yoga, again, is it taps me into another healing modality that's really important for my journey of becoming. It is in the body. It's really connecting into the body. And um, if you're familiar with yoga medicine with Tiffany Cruikshank, I, you know, I love her way of, you know, it's very anatomical and it's very, um, you know, it's not a one size fits all approach. And so I started working really intimately, like one-on-one -on -one with clients to help them with some of the deeper aspects going on in their life. And, um, and so this, that phase of my life was, was really phenomenal. But then I had this really strong urge to travel and to live somewhere else. And, and so the yoga studio in, in Florida wasn't really going to work for me long-term, but I knew it needed to be there. And so I sold it. I moved to Bali and I sold it in 2018. Um, and it still exists today. It's called the Koa Yoga Studio. 
And it's interesting because even the the organization or the community organization that I worked to start in East Africa called Slam Africa, that still exists today. Like people are, it's a movement that's still moving. And then the Koa Yoga Studio is still moving. And it's really beautiful to look back at those two deep, deep soul projects that that I, I created and they're still they still have momentum beyond me. And so I started to see like, this is a pattern. And after the sale of my yoga studio, I had a very, very strong urge to make things with my hands, like to really produce something. And I, I have, um, at the time I had a two year old, so I have two boys. I'm a mother of two sons. Um, my oldest of course now is 23, Zion's 23. And Koa is, um, is two or sorry, at this time he was two, he's seven now. So at two years old, I had this very strong, the yoga studio sold and I, I really wanted to make jewelry and work with gold. I love gold. I love gems, crystals. Like I'm one of these people who really loves these things. And so beautiful things. I particularly love beauty and luxury. This is another aspect of my, of my character and my archetype, if you will, this like luxurious, loving, um, you know, goddess energy, but making jewelry, um, for me was just something that really felt right at the time. And if you know me and you know my work and you and 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 you you're in my space it's like I'm very much an advocate about doing something before you feel fully ready to do it so like you know, that's the other thing with overcoming perfectionism, um, is, is just like doing it, just taking the moves before we're fully ready. So I have, again, another reason on paper, one would think the podcast would have been really simple for me to just get out is because I've really believed that, that, and I've, and I've not just believed, but I've lived by it because really I started making jewelry and I started selling it right away. And I look back and I was like, Oh man, those rings I was making, like people place those orders. And I look back and I'm like, Oh gosh, I really feel for them. Of course, um, with the evolution, because five years later, I was able to sell my jewelry brand to an investor who, um, owns a, a bigger brand. Um, and she loved my designs and, and, and eventually it launched me into what I'm doing now and was a great, you know, financial opportunity as well as just growth and expansion into the evolution of my work. And so, and it's, it's about creating, right? So it's like my designs in addition to the Slam Africa, in addition to the yoga studio, now my designs live on within this uh, um, other brand. And I really helped her, her up level her brand as well. And like, just take her brand where she really wanted it to go. And so this is also where I started to really see like my powers and my, 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 my skills coming up again, like as a mentor and as a leader and, and moving into this space. But one of the things that while I was making jewelry within the, that period of time, um, especially like kind of, you know, a few couple years before COVID, this is when I would say I started going through my own real, like deeper, deeper spiritual awakening. Um, I, I, it's hard for me to talk about spiritual awakening because I feel like my whole life has been a spiritual awakening and I'm sure other people can relate to that. Like it didn't just like happen, right. It's a slow build. Um, and I've, 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 I feel like 
there was a time though, it started getting really uncomfortable within my body. And that was like my sign that I needed to like now come in because this inner medicine woman was really trying to be birthed through me. And I was not sure, you know, what was going on. So luckily I got the right mentors and I was able to really start to understand what was the gift that was coming for me, um, was that ultimately my prayer I started praying and I started asking, I said, you know, divine, like I see that I have these different aspects and I'll tell you something, you know, this is one of the reasons I love human design. And you're going to hear me talk about human design on this podcast is because I used to think that something was wrong with me because I would be able to just like do a project and not finish it. Like it wasn't for me to stay at the yoga studio. It wasn't for me to stay at slam Africa. It wasn't for me to keep my jewelry brand going the way that it was like it was, it's, I am here here to evolve, right? I am multi-passionate. And so there's this thing in this world that says like, you know, you're flaky if you, if you, if you quit things or, you know, um, it just, it's just a kind of gets a negative rap and it makes you think when you're younger, you know, I, I usually have like literally seven books I'm reading at one time, right? This is very manifesting generator type of energy. Um, we are really dynamic, right? So it can be a challenge in some ways to focus and to stick to things, but it, is literally our job, right? To just be like, move through, move with passion, to move through this life with, with passion and, and fire. And like, does this, is this something that my soul is feeling called to do? You know, people will say, follow what lights you up, right? Like that type of energy is really how I had been living my life, right? And um, finally, human design sort of gave me permission. It let me off the hook. It's like, you're designed like this. This is your superpower. Now go alchemize this and turn this into something magical. And so that's really what is happening in my work now because I prayed. I was like, divine, please. I know that I'm here for a I want this fulfillment. Like I wanted to feel true fulfillment. And I knew that it was like tapping into the next level of what my soul work is on this planet is what was needing to really come through. And what I was really praying for is I was like, I know that the poetry, I know that the yoga, I know that the, the design, that my love of design and my love of luxury and beautiful things and gold and gems, like I know my love of healing, like it's, it's all, it's, it's, it's all means something and it's all meant to come together and merge into one place that just like makes me feel cohesive in my brand, you know, the brand cohesiveness of my career and my work, um, was really important for me to feel that sense of like direction and fulfillment. And so it started when we start asking in praying for, for these like bigger soul level, um, breakthroughs, we do have to kind of buckle up because a lot of stuff can start shifting. And, you know, it, we, we have to be able to say like, let what is meant to go, go, what, let what is meant to come, come and, and, and have this deep, deep trust and deep, deep faith that everything is unfolding in our highest and best along the way of this prayer. Right. And so that's why praying and, and like ultimately even asking the universe and co-creating with the universe is actually really, really brave because it is saying that I am willing to be, I'm willing to surrender to this process. And I think a lot of us have issues with surrender and, you know, and, and, and trust. And so this will, we'll, we'll, we'll dive more into this on um, some future episodes, but I do really sense and feel that those are two elements that it really takes, um, to move through gracefully in the process of, 
of, of allowing. And so I, my, my body started really talking to me in different ways and it became uncomfortable in my body. And that's kind of how I would say that my like spiritual awakening kind of really started happening was, um, you know, some of the past life stuff was coming up. You, some of you may know that I'm a, um, uh, past life hypnotist. I, 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 um, I'm certified in quantum healing hypnosis technique, and I've always been really fascinated about past lives. And, but the work that started coming up for me, um, was, was not trusting my body. Like I always had this kind of feeling like something was going to go wrong or I would miss something. Like it, it was this funny feeling with my health, like a symptom would come up and I'm like, what's wrong or what am I missing? Is it, do I have to investigate it? Like, do I need to go for tests or do I need to find out what's wrong with me? And it was, this was something that kind of was like boiling under the surface of my life and nothing was ever wrong with me. My health is really great. I've never really had anything wrong with me, but I just kept kind of feeling like something was wrong and something was off. And so my work really came into, um, coming back into my body and inhabiting my body. And, and that was what the work that I was about to partake in, you know, start to, to, to go deeply and be initiated, if you will, into was like coming back into the body. And that's where I started to, um, really learn the power of emotions and the power of transmuting emotion and, um, cellular clearing and cellular healing and hypnosis. And I started taking that love of the body and love of the movement and all this kind of like all of this somatic kind of journey within the body started really emerging for me. And I was able to heal some of these super deeper things that were coming up for me. Um, and I was watching my life transform really rapidly with this healing. And, and then I started helping other people with, I, I, again, it was like, I feel like I'm a natural healer. This is the work I'm supposed to do. You know, I really do trust myself. I really trust my, my path and I trust my journey. And I trust that like I'm being led and I'm being guided and everything is unfolding for me. Right. And so it's my work to trust this feeling that I have. It's my work to, um, to allow myself to be a vessel of whatever is working to move through me. The divine, quite frankly, is like willing to, you know, to bless me with and move through because I am here to do the divine's work, right? I serve the light is what I started to really understand. And so I serve the light, but I am not afraid of the dark that I am. I am like, this is where a lot of the polarities or like the, um, you know, the masculine and feminine embodiment started really coming up for me and, and learning about, just so many things. And so while I had my jewelry brand, what, you know, a lot of people don't really know is that I was on the lowdown working as like a medicine woman, essentially with clients privately, like by word of mouth and people, um, I was helping people overcome just wild, wild things. And, and I'll get into some of it in future episodes. Um, but it just, it was rocking my world. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm so impactful. I'm like, people are meeting me and I, you know, it was like someone would meet me and then have a session with me. And then something that they had been dealing with for like 20, 
um, years clears after one, one session with me and they're just mind blown. <laughs> and so this is where I start working with energy and I'm like, okay, I, I specialize in this energetic clearing. It's what I, it's just what I called it. It's what I knew it to be. Like I help people clear old energies, old stuck, stagnant energies. I help them clear this and move this out of their body. And I help them rewire limiting beliefs and I help them recreate memories and I help them, um, you know, just in this kind of, I help them move through emotion. I teach them how to alchemize emotion and slowly it starts developing more and more. And that's when I know one day I'm in the shower and I'm in the shower and I hear, you know, I know that I'm about to launch into the, the, the mentorship, right. It, or it, it, I didn't even know, actually, I didn't know anything about like it really turning into mentorship, right. It was like, you're meant to do this energetic clearing. You're meant to do this energetic work with people. Now you're ready. You need to stop making jewelry. This is what the, the my guides basically said in my shower, because the shower is always the place where like all the downloads come in for me sometimes. But um, it was like, you need to stop making jewelry. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, that's my income. That's where I'm making my money right now. I can't just like stop making jewelry. And it was, it just said, yeah, just announce on Instagram that you're going to stop making jewelry. And I was like, uh, okay. And that's when I announced on Instagram, I'm, you know, the jewelry is the, this aspect of the jewelry is coming to an end. And immediately this investor contacts me. She's like, I love your work. I've been eyeing it for a long time. I'd like to buy, I'd like to do some kind of deal with you. And it was like, boom, boom, boom. Everything just started working out. And then she was like, wanted my guidance and how to, you know, how to implement, you know, what I was doing in my business into the one that she purchased. Right. It was like just such a beautiful, and then it moved in and into this like kind of, um, you know, I realized like all these years actually that I do have experience in business, right. All these years that I do have experience in entrepreneurship, all of that, all of the aspects of me started coming back together and fusing into one place. And I'm like, mm-hmm, okay, I'm, I'm sensing that, I'm picking up on that. And then I started clients who would have one session with me would start being like, I want to stay on with you longer. How can I work on with you longer? And this is what started to become the mentorship coming back because it would be like people had one session and they're like, I want to stay with you for a while. This is so powerful. And it's like, okay, what am I creating? So then it started, I had to create ways for my clients to stay with me. And then I started noticing, wow, I love it when my clients stay with me because the transformation within the space of like this committed container like this, it's just producing out of this world results for them. And it just, it was so organic, the process where it was like all of a sudden my medicine woman that had been emerging and then the mentor from when I was, I mean, we're talking 20 you know, we're talking 21, almost 22 years ago when I started mentoring and I didn't even really know what it was so much. It was just so natural for me to be that mentor. And then boom, I'm in this phase and it's like all, all my mentorship skills start coming back. And then I'm like, some of my clients are really powerful business women as well. They have businesses and I'm seeing, Oh, okay. Like, here we go. Now we can, we can heal some of these deeper inner child things. We can heal some of the lower vibrational frequencies from the past, like clean those up, clean up the low vibrational energy, ascend on the vibrational scale. And then we can look at these beliefs that you have. We can rewire these limiting beliefs. I use hypnosis. I use different modalities, um, to kind of do some, some rewiring there and like starting to put all these pieces together and realize like, wow, my clients are, their lives are really, really becoming 
beautiful to witness and just, just be a part of. And, and then my one-on-one time just started getting so booked up that it was like, okay, the next place to go is now through groups. And it's now like going to be, um, an opportunity to bring more people together. And I, I got that, the download and the transmission, like with money, because let me tell you, wow, money was one of my, was, was, Oh gosh, I should probably save this for a future episode. So I am going to just about to wrap up here and then we'll get into this in a second episode. But I want to say this, the only way out is through perfectionism. I always loved the saying that perfectionism is fear in high heels. Just go through and find out what it is that you're actually afraid of. When I discovered that it's taken me a year to actually just push upload on this and to create this podcast and be like, just go baby, fly free. I was just ultimately afraid that I was going to maybe say something wrong and that the universe would hold me accountable and that, that somehow like I can't take back what I'm saying, right? Cause it's recorded and it's out there and you know what? It's fine. I've come to peace with it. I've, I've, I'm, this is about trusting my channel. This is about trusting the divine. This is about trusting that everyone who's going to listen to this, it is meant for them to listen to it. And it is meant for you to listen to. I mean, you are here, love, you are here. And this is my way to connect with you. And this podcast, ultimately what I want it to feel like is like, you're speaking with your inspirational, like bestie, you're getting the the nuggets. You're 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 getting to hear what you need to hear right now. I'm gonna do my best to title all of these podcasts um, as accurately as possible, so that you can get what it is that you want. Because let's be honest, all podcasts are not for everybody. You know, one of the names I was considering during the duration of this podcast was portals of expansion because I wanted each one to be like a portal and of, of like of expansion essentially. And then you could kind of just decide, well, is this a portal I want to go in? Is this a portal I want to go in? Is <laughs> so essentially Imani Nick, the Imani Nick podcast essentially is they are portals of expansion. So that's exactly what you're going to find here. Like each one of these will be different. They're going to focus on, you know, really dynamic, um, dynamic topics and modalities in the, in the, in the healing space, in the self development space, in the like finance space, because it's another area I'm super passionate about. Um, but this is just girl, this is, All right. I'm just going to send you off with so much love today. Thank you for listening to this. I am going, you're going to have access to three. I'm dropping this podcast with three different episodes so that you can go on there and you can just kind of binge watch. If you could leave a review, it would be amazing. It would mean so, so much to me because reviews are phenomenal. Getting this, like the momentum going, um, recommend to your friends and ultimately look in your life where there is something that you are holding back on on, on your greatness because you're afraid in some kind of way. And that is the perfectionism just wanting to be looked at. And then baby, the only way out is through, just go through it. And I'm quite a hundred percent sure that it's not nearly as bad as we could ever even fathom in our minds. So I look forward to connecting with you again soon in the next podcast. And please let me know what you think of this. You can send me a um, DM or or anything, send me a message or anything in the review. I'm Imani Nick on Instagram as well. And yeah, so I just want to thank you. And I hope that you have a absolutely beautiful day. 
or night, wherever you are in this big, wide world. Thank you.